And we're back. Welcome back to another Practice Makes Perfect podcast. It's your favorite Fortnite commentator here, Monster DeFace, bringing you guys another episode today. The headline is real. It's true. Twitch has essentially taken up a stand against Aiden Ross, and probably more to come on that, as this is all a very much new developing story. But we're going to try to give you guys, a, I guess, a high-level overview of what's been going on and what this means for the gaming industry, because there's a lot of winners and losers when it comes down to this exchange but before we get any deeper I want to thank you guys for of course jumping in with us listening to this gaming podcast it's where we just talk about all things esports competitive news and gaming in general and as always we have john rush on the production giving us the young voice for the weekend what's up john yeah what's up everybody yeah y'all uh y'all just got the two dads out here talking about gaming but remember we're still young at heart we came up in this gaming space we're not we're not crusty we're out here with y'all okay we out here we're tired but we're out here for sure for sure i'm going on two weeks with a newborn baby y'all already know we got to talk about in the last episode how much of a joy he's brought to the household and all that good stuff we we covered john's baby stories as they were happening in lead up to uh to of course you know those episodes back when when we were filming them john how, how old is your your youngest at this point let's see she is going on six months look at that six months already well let's go ahead and jump into what we are all brought here today why you guys download and open up this episode we have a kick versus twitch showdown right now before we jump into just throwing out these words these platforms i want to take a step back i'm going to scope out and i'm going to explain to you what is kick what is twitch just really quickly twitch probably doesn't need too much of an explanation but it's a live streaming platform it's been around for the la for the better half of the last decade or so, around 2011, from Justin TV to Twitch, the live stream platform. They migrated away from IRL and more general content into gaming focused. Since then, has kind of reverse engineered back to the original product, if you will. And now Twitch kind of embodies all things entertainment, music, interactions, IRL, and of course, gaming being the staple corner. But Twitch hasn't been the best platform to the creators. If anything, there's been a huge upswing of voices and I think controversy around the platform and the way they handle things with a lack of transparency. And because of that, we've seen plenty of competitors try to come into this space and tackle what is live stream gaming. More have failed than any have succeeded up until now. I would say the three juggernauts that exist currently in the live streaming space, starting with Twitch at the top, followed by YouTube and maybe tied with TikTok, if you want to call that suitable mm -hmm. live streaming platform. And then you have, of course, Instagram and Facebook Live. But with that kind of introduces this new wave right now of Kick. Kick.com, the platform backed and supported by Stake, which is a gambling platform that's based outside of the United States. So certain laws don't necessarily apply to them. And they have been servicing the space for quite some time. But they launched this thing called Kick, John. Yeah, and I think what's very interesting is that right off the bat, we're talking about a competitor for a tech company for something that's entertainment-based, for something that's about video games. And we didn't talk about new features. We talked about different culture. And I think that obviously Kick has some different nuances to how it functions technically, but really what I think people are going to be the most drawn to or seemingly most excited about is the different way that the company handles itself, the different way that it approaches creators, and so I just think that's very interesting that we're really not even talking about different features as much as we're talking a different function. And Kick got its biggest upswing after Train 
one of Twitch's largest live stream creators, received tons of backlash for gambling on stream, popularizing, some might say gambling on stream, most notably using the slot machine roulette style of games, if you want to call it that. But these are, of course, real problems in the real world that can lead to addiction and all types of other stuff that usually leads down people um, ruining their lives, right? There's been a lot of stories of that kind of stuff. So Twitch, at some point or another, decides to take a stand against gambling, and they they didn't necessarily ban Train off the platform, but they cut the legs right under him, which was his whole entire profile that he's built up. He was literally making millions of dollars and spending millions of dollars, but also giving back to his community all at the same time. So it was just the whole crazy circle that was going on in the process. Train says, you know what? I'm going to go ahead and build a platform that fixes all the wrongs that Twitch is building on their platform, starting at the very top, which is making it a creator-based focused platform in upping all revenue shares and promising that they will pay creators what they are worth. And that is what really has kickstarted, I think, the momentum behind Train and this platform here because out the gate, one of the features they introduced, John, they just straight up said, hey, listen, subscribers on the platform, the way partners and creators get their money and their revenue splits, are going to be all the way favored to the creator, going as far as giving 95% of earned revenue directly back to the creator. The other 5% so of course, going to the platform for administration fees. Whereas Twitch, on the other hand, has a 50-50 split, taking half of creator funds. And that was what really, I think, opened up the, the Pandora's box of conversation of, hey, wait a second. If they can do it, why don't you, Twitch? Why is it that you are so greedy? And they're actually the only platform that takes that much of a share from the creators. Yeah, and we covered this on the program before. Twitch has just failed to provide really any compelling reason as to why that split is necessary. They had they've had some vague references to, you know, server costs and this ain't cheap, y'all. Like, and but honestly, just overall, just a huge, huge failure as a large entity communicating to their community. Whereas uh, the aforementioned kick being really ground level driven by the community itself. Like yes, train Rex is a large streamer, but he still is an individual and he's being viewed as such. And so I think that that is a lot to do with why kick is, is on everyone's minds uh, is because it feels like it's coming from the community uh, and it's acting for the community in, in the form of, of, of these, these higher, these higher payouts, these more so far, I guess, transparent conversations, and, and, and maybe a more looser definition on what content can or cannot be live streamed. That's right. And amongst all other things, I mean, Train has been a huge uh, just per advocator for how Twitch peddles all the advertisement dollars and marketing money and big, big contracts to a very small elite group of creators. So basically what he says is, hey, Twitch, all you do is make sure, you know, the, your, your top 10 are happy and well-fed and you don't, you basically don't give a, give a crap about anyone else on your platform, all the small and middle creators that actually are the backbone to your platform. And because of that, there's this just, again, just been this, this downward snowball effect of backlash that comes around how monetary gains are pushed towards the creators. And that's, I would say, what is the biggest appeal right now. So we take that all into consideration as we start looking at what's been unfolding amongst the gaming space right now. And this kicks us off to the latest headline here where Aiden Ross has been permanently and indefinitely banned off of the Twitch platform with no notice. Uh, this happens 
during a time where Aiden Ross has actually streamed the lowest amount of hours in his career in given a 60-day or so time span. So he actually hasn't even been live, John. If there's a reason for him to be banned, it's not because he was doing anything live on the Twitch platform. It is more so to do with what he's been doing off the platform and the conversation he's been opening up on his possible Twitch and other, again, features as he's done on the Kick live streaming site. Yeah, I mean, uh, Aiden Ross, there's about a million headlines that we could be going with with, with, with the guy. And so, y'all, even by the time you hear this episode, more are going to come out. So please don't think that we're trying to pick some and dodge others. There's just genuinely so much that actually Aiden has been a part of. And we're going to try to pick, pick it apart at a high level and try to understand it and try to add at least some of our opinions to the meaning of it. But yeah, so far, I'm correct, Monster, in saying that we have not seen anyone on Twitch say why he was banned. The, the, some of the obvious um, possibilities are that his behavior on kick, he has streamed some copyrighted, potentially you know major media events. He has streamed uh, porno pornographic elements. Uh, he has, you know, in general, been in, been touting opinions and ideas by very unpopular people on on the platform, such as Andrew Tate. So honestly, it's almost like what didn't he get banned for? But I do think it's interesting that they banned him not going live, like you said. Yeah. Also, just something that he's been introducing to the platform, which I know Train is not a huge fan of. There's a clip that has surfaced of him on a phone call with Train and then playing almost neo-Nazi, real just racist content for jokes and uh, entertainment sake. Yeah, maybe he was reacting to it, but it's, you know, opening up, opening up this conversation, this type of content to his more impressionable audience that I, I don't think anyone has a taste for or an appreciation for. And you should have heard the stress in Train's voice when he screamed out, dude are you live streaming that like on kick like because there, there's this perception right now going around that you can do anything on kick because they weren't banning people for let's just say viewing pornographic content or you know partaking in gambling types of content without any disclaimers and things like that so there's this kind of imagery going around where it's like oh yeah it's the wild wild west you could just go on there and you know watch a movie and not get in trouble but it's not really how it works, right? There's still copyright laws that do apply. And if you are or do become, for whatever reason, the unfortunate few that get chosen out and then actioned against, I mean, you are very much liable. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, he tried to stream the Super Bowl. Not tried. Uh, he did to 100,000 viewers. He did. And uh, again, though, I think that is very, um, that, that it's very sad to see that like, oh, like, it went from that to like, yeah, trying to make jokes about like, like neo-Nazi content. Just very, very, it's just it's honestly, extreme. it's very interesting. Very, very confusing. Even like, you know, some of the, some of the, the life change that, uh, you know, Aiden's been talking about, he's been working out, he does credit it. A lot of it does link all the way back up to Andrew Tate. He credits a lot to it. He cut his hair and he was very vocal about like, hey, I haven't been sleeping with anyone. I haven't been even looking at porn, nothing. So from somehow in a short amount of time to go from that to streaming porn to doing that, more than a judgment on what he did, I'm just like, man, how, how does someone get there? What, what's really going on? And in my opinion, whenever someone shows that erratic of behavior, it's really wise for individuals to kind of maybe be very, very 
wise in how they are influenced by that. You know, it's like, it's like, I really, I had a lot of love for certain creators. Then also started talking about Nazi stuff. And I'm like, at that point, I'm like, I've really got to filter stuff because not only are the ideas themselves bad, but the wide range of how fast they're swinging between these extreme crazy ideas maybe tells me that that person's not okay. So I'm honestly like, bro, thoughts and prayers to Aiden. Like, he might need some help. Yeah, I think I think he really does. His behavior is nothing short of, like you said, irrational, right? It comes out of nowhere. It's taken such a steep turn for the worse. And he's only opened up conversation that has just been just super controversial, not only for himself, but his fandom, I think, is pretty much torn in half at this point as well. There's a lot that come to his aid and try to defend him in the comments, like, you know, basically saying, hey, listen, we know he's a good person. Yeah, we don't stand with everything he says, but some of these things you can't deny are true. But again, that doesn't take away from the fact that he is really alienating so much of the population, right? And, and we live in such a time where these are sensitive topics and they shouldn't just be, you know, joked about or chatted about just to be chatted about, right? These are real... Right issues and problems that people are facing and, and, and trying to overcome, especially as it pertains to the um, LGBTQ community. He goes out today, just, just an hour ago from this recording, and tweets out, there are only two genders. So again, it's things like that that he's really spinning up these very controversial topics and, and putting this magnifying glass directly on top of them. And he is inviting this type of negativity into his life right now. When on the other side, the videos that he puts out are portraying someone who is, quote unquote, trying to do things positively, right? So I'm not sure where this radical perspective has come from, but for now, it seems like the conversation is going as the following. Kick has offered him a multi-million dollar contract to stream on the platform. I hope that the money is signed and it's all through because now that he's lost his leverage with Twitch, reaching an indefinite ban, that... that Ball may not be in his court as it once was, right? And he might yeah. be hitting the uh, the shadow ban realm of Dr. Disrespect in the sense that you just might have to go to YouTube or something and not get paid at all. Lose out millions upon millions because you're playing your cards maybe in a way that the big boys don't appreciate. Well, I mean, I think you're posing the right question. Is, is, is it good to have a platform where you don't, you don't get banned or penalized for your... Um, your reasonable beliefs, so to speak, and communicating those beliefs in reasonable ways. Yeah. Yes, I think that's good. I think we're all for that. Uh, the obvious fear, though, is, is sometimes why companies like Twitch have adopted such stringent and strict policies is because in their mind, it inevitably leads towards chaotic, toxic, dark, you know, hurtful things like we're seeing with Aiden. I think Kick has a real good opportunity to show like, yo, we're still going to be the place where you can talk about ideas maybe in a more open way. However, we're not going to give a bag to a guy saying stuff about like, like Nazis are showing this erratical behavior. You know what I mean? I feel, like, I feel like free speech, if you will, not that either of us are politicians, but still has rules and responsibility attached to it. So I hope Kick kind of takes some of this into mind. Yeah, and it's not all about what you say. It's about how you say it, right? Like we said, right. he has every right in the world to speak for his own his own perspective, his own his own walk of life and share his experiences and his thoughts and and again, do it in a way that he he wants, but when you just open up a conversation in that way, like I'm just scrolling through the comments right now and you have things coming in from all over the place. I'm going to read a couple cuz I'm sure some of y'all are just also in disbelief hearing us just chat about this, but popular Fortnite org owner TNA Kirsch 
tweets out, hey, bro, why are you ruining your career? Even if you did believe in this, what is the point in tweeting it? Again, that kind of reinforces the why is he doing it in this way? And then extremely controversial, equally, I think, hypocritical in this instance, acting like Tommy, someone who is like loved and hated, it calls him a dork. He says, you are desperate to be controversial. I say mm -hmm. hypocritical because acting like Tommy literally does the most outlandish things. And I'm going to give you an example. As acting like Tommy says right afterwards, you know what is even crazier than your eight genders? People who think that women were made from a man's rib. Now that's some crazy, believable-ish, boss. So again, he's targeting religion and Aiden's targeting genders. But that just kind of shows you this is what he's inviting into his ecosystem, into his world, when you just throw out a very radical statement like that with no context and just no, you know, I would say inkling to actually back up the conversation with any meaningful thought. It's 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 a crazy one to watch unfold, but it's happening right before our eyes. Yeah, literally, you know, it's it's Sunday. It is February Sunday, 26th right? <laughs> as we're recording this and Jake Lucky just tweets like moments ago, bro, WTF is going on. And I just feel like it very much so does uh, speak at some of just feels like we're in a very un, un, uncertain, uneasy time for for streaming, for content, and for culture. You know, I just recently on, on my YouTube channel just recently did an episode, my first episode on, on Andrew Tate. And what I think is important, it's what you said earlier, Monster, it's not just what ideas you have, it's where you got them. And sometimes people, young people especially, but I mean, I guess it happens to old people too. They're picking up these ideologies so quickly and they're tweeting them, saying them, and it's almost like, have they really processed these things? Are these really things they believe? Are they really things that they've thought through? And, you know, a great conflicting example would be Dave Chappelle, mm. who is 49 years old and has said things that have gotten him in the news, have, ha have gotten him in controversial spots, so to speak. But the manner in which he has carried himself to stay, stay to his convictions, yet be open-minded, still work with large brands, and honestly, someone who I think should go on the Mount Rushmore of like culture in the last 20 years because of the way he's handled himself, you just see a huge difference there. You know what I'm saying? Like, and and I just think that our world needs to have a little bit of a, a little bit of awareness. Aiden Ross maybe shouldn't be like an influencer in, in a young person's life right now. Yeah. And again, so this is all happening kind of live in real time. And this is happening to like i said the detriment of twitch twitch not only banned aiden ross they've banned two other extremely popular streamers i show speed and bruce drop em. bruce was just unbanned he's also a huge huge content creator he has about a half a million followers on twitter extremely active following and, and a community that loves him and this all happened literally at the same time these indefinite bans for what looks to be creators that are just making controversial types of content all kicked off the platform at the same exact time. So it's almost like a, a swing that's happening here from Twitch's side. This is amazing for Kick because Kick is on the other side to pick up all the pieces, invite these creators onto their platform, and again, push this narrative of you can do anything here that is reasonable. And I say that because as we're on the topics of conversations of streamers just doing crazy things, another streamer from Twitch, a successful Twitch streamer, decides to go on the kick platform and live stream him getting into 
a physical relationship, if you will, live on the platform. And uh, that came with a whole can of worms that the, the folks over at Kick were not happy about. But this is what they want, right? Like, they want yeah. controversy to, to continue to bring and drive conversation to what they're doing over there. But let's be honest, they're never going to get the advertising dollars, the sponsorship backing, and the success that they're looking for if all of the creators go there and treat the platform with no respect, because that's basically what it's what is happening right now in the business world, you're you're not going to be respected. It's kind of like how everyone had, growing up, everyone had that like that one friend who's like parents, like let you do whatever, everything. And for so long, for in so many instances, that's like, hey, we're going to that house Friday, you know, you know, and it's just like felt liberating, you know. It's like you'd pull up, you'd eat the pop tarts. The house is kind of messy. It lets you do whatever. Da, da, da. But, but that's not the house you want to grow up in. That's not the house you move into. And when you went through something as a kid growing up, that's not the parents you went to when you needed help, you know? And I just think, I feel like Kick is kind of positioning themselves like that. It's like, yeah, it, it's, it's cool right now. Um, but, but is this where people want to post up for real? But, but I mean, but it's like we started the program. It's not like Twitch is necessarily where people want to stay either. It's this right. very weird extreme right now. YouTube just had a CEO step down right in the midst of them doing very well. In my opinion, they were really starting to pick up. Will that affect them? Who knows? But it very much so seems like we are in the middle of a huge disruption when it comes to the live streaming platforms. And just to touch on the YouTube platform change of the CEOs, the new person that picks up the helmet at the, at the seat of CEO at YouTube actually is the person who was pushing for NFT integration on the platform. So we're probably going to see YouTube explore the idea of digital assets a lot more closely, which a lot of people have already been chatting about, hey, that's going to be the depth of the platform's success that they've uh, built up and the momentum they've had. So I am also equally curious to see what's going to happen with the YouTube platform. Again, this all is happening literally at the same time. We don't know where the cards are going to fall. But there is someone who in the background is trying to enter into this live stream space. And it's Netflix positioning themselves to do their first ever live stream, John. Yeah, that's right. I think we, 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 we may have done the impossible and beat Jake, Jake Lucky to any kind of punch on this one. We see you, Jake. <laughs> but I haven't seen anyone talk about this in our, in our community. But it is a really big deal. On March 4th, Netflix is going to be running their first ever live stream event. And it's going to be featuring Chris Rock. And that is, that is big for, for two, two reasons. Number one, it's, it's, it's Netflix's first ever live stream event. And they have, they have promoted it bold live, okay? So we're going to speculate on that. Is it actually going to be live? And it's with Chris Rock. And while Chris Rock has had a public appearance since the infamous moment with Will Smith, this is certainly the largest moment that he's had since that. And so they're taking a really big moment and they're combining it with a really big person. They haven't announced what's next, but, is it, uh, but, but Netflix stepping into the live streaming space is very interesting to me. I think Netflix is positioning themselves perfectly as well. If there's any type of content that's going to have the level of production quality that can play out the way you expect it to play out, it's live to tape or obviously live to air stand-up comedy like the worst thing that can happen is 
the comic decides to drop an extremely radical set, right? And they, there's people that are going to love it, people that are going to hate it, but that's what comedy is all about, right? It's, it's, it's that little bit of truth and exaggeration kind of all mixed together that brings out the reaction that, that folks are looking for. But I'm sure there's going to be all types of legal stuff involved that kind of plays that out. Do you know about the features, though, that li uh, this Netflix live stream show is trying to bring to the table? Is there going to be a chat integration or anything like that? I don't, I don't see them doing that. But I do see that them entering into the space of airing content live like this, not like just calling it a premiere or anything, but really saying, hey, this is happening in real time. You get to watch it here first is going to drive numbers up like crazy on the platform because this is something you can rinse and repeat for sure, especially, again, in this kind of comedy niche on the platform. Yeah, so uh, a couple of details about it. Uh, he'll be live from the Hippodrome Theater in Baltimore, and 190 countries um, will have access to it without VPNs. And right now, um, I haven't seen it, but uh, maybe I'll test it right here as, as we're listening. It claims that, that it's already live in the app, that you can save it and set a reminder to watch it. And I imagine that as we get closer to the event, we're going to start seeing it uh, pushed more. So here I'm typing Chris Rock into into oh yeah there it is it's got a thumbnail that says live saturday it says live event saturday at 10 p.m eastern time there's a button that says remind me now it says reminder set which i imagine is going to push out into um uh, push out on push notification it, the only other things it lists a genre it lists a rating which is tvma so they've kind of probably already given them some parameters within that pre-existing uh, uh rating very interesting yeah, I'm just reading through, and Netflix's official statement is that they are thrilled to enter the world. We'll be able to experience a live Chris Rock comedy event and be a part of Netflix history. This will be an unforgettable moment. We're so honored that Chris is carrying this towards. Chris Rock is one of the most iconic and important comedic voices of our generation, said Robbie Craw from Netflix, the vice president. Stand up in comedy formats on the platform. So there's a lot going on here. This is going to be super cool. I hope, and I just genuinely hope they are not. Uh, playing with the word live because this is a word that of yeah. course can be misinterpreted skewed like oh yeah it's live because we're airing it right instead of you know changing using i guess closest would be a synonym for the words premiere you know live to air right they're just saying we're live streaming it yeah i genuinely hope this is a live performance that will be super super cool give me the info the imperfections of a live stream of yes kind of platform that's what it's all about the impromptu the interaction that you sit there, you watch it because you don't know what is going to happen next. That unfiltered level of live stream is what is the magic. And that's where the appeal comes for the live stream yep. kind of and as, I, as, a, as a content form. And, and I think we want it. I think culture wants it. This last Super Bowl, the Super Bowl is just a great example of how in a world of pay-per-view shows and, and you know streaming shows that when there is something on that connects the world, that has a, a joint relevancy, we kind of like it. We all kind of tune in. And this was the third highest viewed Super Bowl, I think, in the last decade or something. And so wow. obviously you see there's money in that. And I'm like, that's exciting to me. I think there's something really cool about knowing that there is for Netflix to be putting on live events is very exciting to me because I think it could bring people together. Before we move on, how old do you think Chris Rock is? He's looking pretty old in the video. I'm not gonna lie. He looks like he's how? pushing his his late fifties. Okay, okay, you nailed it. You I, I, I can see he's, it. He's fifty-eight. Mm -hmm. I would have pegged him at like 41 really which, bro 58 obviously you know he's gonna do great but that's old bro that's getting up there 
He's getting up there. You know, wow. uh, I used I used to think the same thing about Joe Rogan. Like, you look at his videos from like three years ago. He could pass, yeah. you know, for thirties. No, his his fifties imagery is really catching up to him quickly. Now it's crazy how there's there's just this dropping point where your genes just they just don't last. Yeah. I don't know what contributes to it. I guess that's that's a medical science mystery. But but yeah, Chris Rock is definitely pushing the his his late fifties now. I'm sure he still feels youthful, right? I think we all kind of have that that mentality in your brain where you get older, but you feel like, man, I'm still young. I, I'm good, right? I'm 30, but I'm yeah. 40 yet, right? And then I'm 40. I'm yeah. 50, I'm 60. I don't think that's ever going to leave. That's kind of a fun one yeah, there. The, so. rock, the Rock going to be out here 90 with like robot Dude, legs, and he's going to be... The Rock is also someone who I think is starting to wear his age. Low-key. Yeah. You can see yeah, it. You kind of see it. You kind of see it, for real. I just well, our, our last two topics really do, they tie together and they tie with the whole theme, which is really we're just, we want to discuss with you guys just the disruption of gaming, of live content. We're really very much so in a, an uncertain ground, so to speak. And two things happen in, in the same weekend. Dr. Disrespect tweets, uh, in my seven years of streaming, I don't think that the industry has been worse than it is right now. It is just so uninspiring. Where are all the good online games at? And at the same time, this weekend, CSGO, a game that's a decade old, reached a new record for peak players playing it at the same time with 1,339,000 players on Steam. And I just think that that is such an interesting tension of where I feel what Doc is saying, so what's the answer? Yet here's this 10-year-old game that is hitting peaks still. What a confusing time, man. Yeah, and it just shows you how perception really does skew your reality, right? Like, just because you see something like that doesn't mean it is true for everyone around you. Yeah, when someone reads Dr. Disrespect's post, in the moment, you might really think to yourself, yeah, you know, like, gaming is pretty dry. Like, where are the good games? And then you go and you scroll down a couple posts later and you see... Holy crap, but why is CSGO thriving right now? Why are there so many people watching and consuming esports on, you know, these live streaming platforms more than ever before? Is it really dead? Question mark. Like, is gaming trash right now when you have, you know, hundreds of thousands of, of gamers enjoying Counter-Strike, Valorant, League of Legends still, right? Like these games are thriving. I mean, shoot, throw Fortnite in there, throw Zero Build in there. They're all doing so, so well, but they aren't doing well for Dr. Disrespect, right? They aren't necessarily scratching his itch for what gaming is to him and what he sees and perceives as fun. So it is very interesting well, because these are, again, I think all just in the eye of the beholder, if you will. Yeah, I think one, one aspect of it um, is, because um, we talked about the whole, we have talked in many episodes about our ideas about what the future of gaming could look like, you know? But something that I, I was thinking about this weekend is that, you know, someone someone else had commented something like, yeah, man, did everyone just get burnt out during COVID, you know, or something like that. I don't think people got burnt out during COVID. I think they got inspired. And I think we have seen a huge shift from people who went from being consumers to being hobbyists. Meaning, I think so many people that were consuming content are now creating it. I think the the amount of people, you know, we referenced it heading into the new year, the amount of people streaming on Twitch is like as much as the people who watch streams on Twitch. And I think it's just really, really like, I think it's cool, you know, that people want to get a camera and they want to go live. But I think that it's really changing some of the economy of attention 
when everyone's out there trying to create instead of maybe during COVID, there was a smaller amount of people creating and a larger amount of people consuming. Well, some people might kind of reference this, this day and age. Maybe we'll look back at this in, in two or three years and we'll call this a content epidemic, right? Like literally yeah. there are more and more people trying to create content than there are, or as many as there are consuming. And it's never really been like that. You see it most, especially in places like Twitch as a platform where they have a growing number of live stream creators, but not enough people consuming, which is doing all types of weird things to the advertising money that's being invested there. But more importantly, mm -hmm. to the sustainability of what once was mid-sized creators and flourishing large creators. There's just not as many, I guess, diverse ones up there. Uh, but then you look at platforms like TikTok too. These short form spaces are allowing people to come up with really quick, sometimes witty and you know, bite-sized ideas that are hitting, right? And when yeah. I say hitting, they're, I mean just hitting the view count, which is scratching the dopamine of the person creating, and then they're thinking mm -hmm. they could just do this and, and go viral with these viral tactics. And I mean, I don't know your Twitter algorithm's been like, but ever since the changes Elon Musk has introduced to the platform, I get all types of wild videos, and it's all over the gym communities right now, and this is kind of a weird space to jump into, but... The fitness community has this problem of people filming in the gyms and exposing other people that are just trying to have a little bit of privacy and self-development. You know what I mean? So there's yeah. all types of toxic, I think, behavior coming out. There's more, again, viral clips of just combative engagements between pedestrians, if you will. Right? Just, just wild stuff, man. Rude, rude interactions happening everywhere, all because I think people know there's a camera around and they're probably going to get some kind of kickback or response for the negativity they're bringing. Yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a wild time. And I think that on one hand, people have seen how possible it is to make money and make a living off of it. Um, and so that's what gets people to start. But then, like you said, the mid-sized people, I mean, it is a grind to be truly sustainable in your lifestyle just off of content. Um, and, and a lot of people don't make it, you know, I have a couple friends that went full time, you know, a year and a half ago, because that seemed like, you know, we were at the apex, you know, it was like, bomb, you know, it's like, now we have, we have dipped. And now they're looking at half the numbers and half of this and half of that. And it's not necessarily even changed anything. It's just that, that the market has changed. And what do you do when the market has changed? Crazy. And just to jump on that, a good friend of mine's from like literally like 10 years ago, one of the first creators I met on the Twitch platform, her name is Crunk Muffin. She actually put out a post just two days oh, ago. Oh, I've seen her, yeah. Yeah, I know her from many, many years ago, but she puts out a post basically saying, hey, this Twitch 50-50 split is not sitting right with me at all. I want to upgrade the content with my editors, but I can't afford it. Twitch takes half my sub money every month, so I'm making $20,000 a year when people are paying me $40,000 a year to be a streamer. And again, after tax and stuff like that, it kind of gives you this harsh reality of like creators are also struggling. They're putting in, you know, 15, 16 hour streaming, you know, just gaming days. And they're really not even making as much as, you know, minimum wage, if you will. Let's round out her perspective and what she put out. She says, um, I think it's important that people know so many people don't have an idea of basically what's happening here. They think I make $4,000 a month, but I don't. And if I did hire someone to edit, for the channel, especially with the new types of content that she wants to make coming out soon, it's just not possible. Twitch needs to do a 70-30 split, basically minimals, which she's trying to push for across the board. And here's the other thing, everyone up to $100,000 made. So she is talking about 
how Twitch put a cap on people that make 100k mm-hmm. in revenue, how they're taking the other half of that. But that's a whole different conversation. Um, yeah. So no, yeah, it, it's crazy. It, it's real. Uh, you know, a couple other, a couple, you know, just like random, like on on this topic. You know, Amaranth revealed her 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 take home and. And she's making over a million dollars a month on OnlyFans, and 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 very, 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 very little on her Twitch. And when asked why, she said, "Well, my Twitch is just basically my advertising." And and so there, you know, there you even just that right there says some things about the nature of whether Twitch likes it or not, the content that it's really supporting, but also like shows you right there is like you have to be, you have to have multiple streams of income to be successful on this. Uh, our friend. Your friend, I keep saying our friend. Maybe I, it's, I just want to meet him someday. I mean, Arab, your fellow Arab is. I, he posted a very. He has an analytics account that I follow. It's fascinating to me. One of the things that he he celebrated was he finally grew around ten thousand subs. But he, it was sixteen months after his switch in content from Fortnite to IRL. And this is what people have to understand. He's been dumping thousands of dollars into it. He's been traveling around the world, working as hard as anyone could in the space. And, and, and what a lot of people don't uh, know, and I would actually love to hear him talk more about it, is like, man, that's hard. You, he put in more than almost anyone ever does in content. And, and just because he switched games or switched content models, he basically must have been taking major hits to a degree. So I just think it's interesting really rounding out what we're saying is like, I think people see how easy it is to start, but I don't know that many people see how difficult it is to actually making a living off of content. That's the difference. And this is something that we've talked about time and time again for creators in particular that are riding this wave right now and they're complacent with where they are instead of putting on this perspective of looking to the future like this game's not going to be popular forever. Things that you're doing right now, they might be working today, but when the landscapes change, are you positioning yourself to be ready for change as it comes? Most people aren't. I'm one of the very, very, I think, select few that has been able to just be just malleable enough, if you will, to kind of navigate my my way game to game, community to community, title to title, and continue to do things that I love. And even now, although I don't make content live as I used to, I still produce obviously this podcast and I jump more so or been diving more so into kind of the entrepreneurial spaces in the background, launching business and creating different types of products in the back end, right? So that's a part of the evolution. And when I went to um actually the streamer bowl just a couple weeks ago, I got to sit down with the Twitch president and the vice president of products at Twitch. And she, I'm not going to name her because I think that I don't want to be too intrusive to the conversations that we had, but to share a little insight, they were very, very bullish on the idea that this is such a creator economy and creators need to continue to pursue these entrepreneurial outlets because they know as well as you should know streaming is not going to be here forever for you you're not going to look as good you're not going to be as young you're probably not going to be as relatable to the audiences you are reaching today as you grow you will evolve and your viewers probably won't be on your same page forever and more often than not you're not going to grow as as fast as the viewers will come to find you you get what i'm saying like there's, there's a disconnect there. It just doesn't last Absolutely. forever. No, and I think that there is uh, no better real-world example than somebody who pops off a little bit on TikTok but has nothing to attach it to. I mean, the amount of people that I see that have 100K on TikTok, but now their views are very low and they're not making any money, it's because, honestly, in order to move in this space, 
you have to have three or four things going. You know, I want to shout out one of my friends, Coco. She's a musician. She's also a gamer. So she's a gamer and a musician. And for years, years, she's been grinding on her personal content and posting her music. And it hasn't really gone anywhere. And just recently, this month, she had an idea. She's just constantly asking the question, how do I serve the audience? And on TikTok and an IG Reels, she started taking a very popular, she, she's a Latina artist. And she took a Serena, who is one of the most famous in the Spanish music community. And she just had a very simple premise, innovated it. She just did covers of, a, of Serena songs in English, where normally all of her songs are in Spanish. And she found something that worked. And she's really working that. And she's seeing a lot of success. But because she has that backbone of a record label she's with, catalogs of her other music she has another avenue in which to attach it to and i think that's what to me makes me go oh she's going to be successful i think i think unfortunately even when some people make a dent in the content space but they don't have something else to drive it to or something else to mix into it i think they're, they're just going to end up frustrated and almost like almost like waste their time i don't know yeah i mean there's there's a harsh reality there and not everyone's going to make it i always used to use this analogy when I looked at Twitch and, and just this career in general, like, hey, let's let's look at this as the NFL. Not everyone's going to be the Tom Brady. They're going to have a right. lot of, you know, quote-unquote people that made it to the NFL. They're not probably making enough to, to, to get by at some point or another, or you have a short-lived career. That's, that, that is a very, very, very possible outcome for, for the most that come into the space, but... Yeah, man. Great we, conversations. We're, I was going to say, we're, we're jumping into uh, all types of different lanes here. And this is spinning all, again, off these conversations of Kick as a platform versus Twitch as a platform, what their goals are, the creators that are kind of being drawn to these spaces. And then, of course, where is content today? Is it in a good space? Or I should say gaming today. Is it in a good space? Is it in a dry space for you? What, what defines that for us? Yeah. It's exciting times. I mean, I think I think gaming isn't going anywhere in terms of the hobby. I talk I feel like I meet more and more gamers every single day. So that's that's encouraging. I think gaming's gonna even though we maybe are in a lull, I think we all know the pastime we love. Don't believe that all of a sudden we're just gonna wake up five years from now and be like, Yeah, dude, everyone just reads books now. Like I'm like, yeah, I don't think happen. so, bro. I don't think so. I really do think Gaming is going to continue to grow as one of the, the most utilized pastimes and hobbies. But I think some of the questions are, are people making games that creators can utilize to make such compelling content that people, we have to remember, and I'll say this is my closing remark. What we're talking about is actually pretty preposterous that somebody would do something so interesting that instead of playing the game yourself, you watch someone play the game you could be playing. That's preposterous. It this is. is not the NBA. You cannot go play basketball at that level. But Halo, but Fortnite, but Apex League, maybe you can't play it at that level, but you can go play it. And, and so I do think that that is maybe something that we need to remember. We're, we're talking about a very strange phenomena. You know, um, of you know what I, I think is hilarious about that? What? It's because professional like player will probably look at you and, and say the same thing about sports. Oh, you could just pick up and play basketball. Sure, but sure. again, it's a level of accessibility that exists within the gaming and the online space that I think you're trying to hit on here. Not to, again, because I know there's going to be someone listening out there that's like, oh, what are you talking about? 
you know, anyone could play or do this or do that, right? Um, I've seen this conversation get hashed open on Twitter in the past. Maybe we'll go look for it, but it was like Nayshot or someone posted something along those lines. And there was just so much, like, I guess, perspective, two sides of the fence on that one of like, yeah, basically there's a lack of respect for professional players in the gaming space. Well, I don't think I could beat them. I just think that right now I could pick up ranked and have the same experience. And do I? That. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. I'm playing ranked in COD, which, by the way, little su side note, the ranked mode in COD right now is really fun. They is did it? something, bro. It's nice. very fun. It feels very, to me, it feels very much like 2013, 2014. Like, I'm itching to play like COD. But even though I can't play at the level of an optic player, I can, because of the way the game is designed, have a similar experience. I can rank up. I can, I can feel like I'm progressing. Whereas I feel like my best pickup game in basketball is still going to feel like that. Yeah, I'm at a YMCA pickup game. And just to, just to jump on something about like development of old games, just getting better. Shout out to Battlefield 2042, dropping what was the community's, I think, needs and wants. They took the classic class system and reintroduced it back into 2042 basically compartmentalizing the four types of distinguishable classes and limiting what each and everyone can do bringing it back to i think more of the roots of what made the game great and then they introduced the old maps and the old weapons as accessible unlocks as well alongside the new battle pass and stuff like that so super super cool development for battlefield 2042 you just you know, talking about Call of Duty reminded me how I've been playing more Battlefield because it feels closer to the original product as opposed, yeah, as opposed to I'm trying to just continue to re-innovate and innovate because that's kind of what was Call of Duty's problem, right? They changed the game so much, it became not good, if you will, as yeah. a product. Whereas, again, there's just something magical about just keeping it simple sometimes. That's all you gotta do. Absolutely, absolutely. It's a great conversation. What's the future of gaming? What's the future of streaming and uh, what's going to happen to Aiden Ross and what's, Dude, what's the future of kick really going to be? Who knows, man? Like I said before, you know, our thoughts and prayers go out to Aiden Ross. He is exhibiting crazy radical behavior online right now. Again, and it's not like we're for or against what he's saying. We're just reporting what's happening in the space at the moment. To keep up with us, though, you can feel free to send all your complaints to me at the Fortnite podcast at gmail.com. This has been another uh, integration of a dope practice makes perfect episode where we cover all things gaming throughout the week. John, let the people at home know where they can find you, man, before we get up out of here. Yeah, hit me up on John W. Key Rush on Twitter. I also launched my very first YouTube channel in February. It's called Project W. Key. We have full send conversations about timeless and trending topics in very short form. And so my episodes are around five minutes. So, and I really take just one topic and I try to just hit it from a couple different angles. Would appreciate the love, the likes, the comments, and the subscribes. That'll be awesome, guys. Go check out what John's working on. Just talking about things that we're working on. I have a, something new that I'm cooking up as well. Can't wait to share this with you all. It will be very much a part of every episode moving forward because y'all are going to see why. But uh, stay tuned for that one. So big announcements, hopefully by the end of this month or maybe a few weeks time. But with that, guys, we're going to leave you there. Stay safe out there. Enjoy your weekend or week whenever you are downloading this. Have a safe drive, all that good stuff that you know, we want to leave you with. So until next time, guys, don't forget to, of course, dance out those kills and boast in those victory owls. Peace, fam.